The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use the promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off, active until the Eagles or Giants lose their next game. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, October 20th, currently 1121 on the East Coast. Our first live show ever, I think. If you're watching us on YouTube and on Twitter, welcome in. But joining me to break down the two-game schedule here, we'll talk about yesterday's games as well. But first, it's the villain of the show, the superstar of the show, my main man, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, how you doing, buddy? Yes, sir. Hey, I'm great. The, the Yesterday could have been better, but we had, we had highlights. The Utah Jazz was a highlight. Shout out to the Utah Jazz. And look, may I say it? The very first, well, no, not the very first, second episode, I bet the Utah Jazz this season. That's how you know, look, things change season to season. Things change. Things change. Matter of fact, I should have had the Villain Rail Utah Jazz jersey on because they cash room. Matter of fact, no. Wait a second. You bet. You, you do that. <laughs> and this is why we go live. And also joining us, the man that does it both on and off the court. He's all over SGPN. It's Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Eh, nothing much. Uh, unfortunately, day two was uh, no bueno for me. I'll be straightforward with it. It was not exactly a great day. Uh, ended up losing the lock and the dog. Uh, the Rockets game wasn't close for the total. Ended up beating a decent line move there. But really, after the second half of the first quarter, the game kind of self-destructed from that perspective. Uh, besides, besides that, ended up losing with the Thunder. Took a serious long shot there on the money line for the dog. And I can't even apologize about it because it was a three-point game late in the fourth quarter. In fact, OKC led at some point in the fourth quarter. So, you know, you take some shots there at plus 430 or something, and you're leading in the second half. Happens. Unfortunately, didn't work out. I know Terrell's dog was close, too, because the Rockets kept it close for a yeah, decent portion of the fun. game. So, is what it is. You know, they didn't end up getting over the finish line, but OKC fought. And that's all I could ask for for a 4-1 to one or higher dog. They tried. Yeah, same only thing I regret dog. is I, not making. Only thing I regret is not making Utah my jet, my dog. Take note, baby. Take note. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had the Cavs as my dog. It was a a, a puppy dog, but uh, they had the lead going into the fourth quarter as well, and they blew it uh, in the in there as well. But give uh, Toronto credit for fighting back. But um, yeah, I, echoing Scott, man, I, I hasn't been a good start for me as far as my lock and dog for the first two days, but. Uh, it's a long season. That's why we're here. Uh, we can talk about last night and with some of the things that we saw. Terrell, uh, I'll start with you, man. Anything that kind of stuck out to you or maybe things that you're taking note of? Uh, no pun intended there, but uh, what stuck out to you last night, if anything? I like the pun. Great pun. Good pun there. <laughs> what I'll say stuck out is the rookies are really fucking good. Those rookies are really good. Jaden Ivey, Paolo Bancaro, Ben Matter Matterin, 
all of those guys, this rookie class is good. They came in and automatically had huge impacts for all of their teams. So I'm really excited for this rookie class. And this rookie of the year, you know, I'm I'm going to go ahead and be Mr. Uh, too Soon. But this rookie of the year, that could be closer than we think. Yeah, I mean, Bankero had a great game last night. What did he finish up with? 27 points last night, had a highlight dunk. Uh ending of somebody's life on that dunk but yeah you're right Ben Matherin looked good Pancaro looked good Jabari was was you know he was decent for the Rockets last night as Jay well. and Ivy was great Jay, yeah Jay and Ivy those guys had played a hell of a game so you're right I think some this is gonna be a market that we definitely want to keep an eye on like you mentioned for the rookie of the year but Scott same question what stuck out to you last night outside of your uh Brooklyn Nets yeah, uh, the Brooklyn game uh, was one-sided, and I can say that it was totally shocking because I know how much we love the Pelicans going into the year. Yeah, uh, I thought the Pelicans looked great. Uh, that Willie Green Coach of the Year ticket looks uh, pretty good right now, and we're one game in, so hopefully it's uh, you know stays that way. Uh, the main thing that I really was a bit shocked at, I there's one thing when you expect the team to tank, and there's another thing when you see the team actually play. <laughs> San Antonio might be one of the worst teams I've ever seen. And we're one game in. Charlotte's missing Lamelo and Bridges, of course. Brand new coach. And it's in San Antonio. So even if San Antonio is supposed to be bad, at least they have home court. And you know the home fans show up. They tend to be pretty good over there. They got run out of the building. They lost by 27 to a Hornets team missing its two best players from last year. 27. They gave up 129 points. I think that San Antonio right now is leading the Wambanyama sweepstakes, at least for the ping pong ball pursuit. Because this team, when the head coach tells you, don't expect us to win a title, and you know that he's right, but you also want to see how bad this team's going to be, it's different when you say it and when you actually see it. Yeah, This team stinks. Like, really, really bad. And I think the Utah Jazz are actually not that bad. I watched a decent amount of that Utah-Denver series. I had Jokic triple-double. Wasn't even close, but still, yeah. I got to watch the game. I thought Utah actually looked a bit feisty. And besides winning the game outright, they won in dominant fashion. I believe they – did they ever did they even trail at any point in the game? It felt like they just absolutely just jumped out on them early, and they won by 20. But mm-hmm. Utah, I thought, looked pretty good for a team that's expected to be awful. San Antonio is even worse than I could have possibly imagined. And I think we all had them in the bottom three. Yeah. San Antonio, I I will be shocked if they win more than 15, 16 games this season. So, um, yeah, they're they're pretty much all in on that tank for uh, Victor Wambiyama. And also maybe, or not also maybe, but if they get the second pick, Scoot Henderson is there as well for uh, the upcoming draft next year. But... Um, yeah, nothing else kind of stuck out to me. I think the Pacers defense is going to be something that we're going to be fading. We talked a lot about that during the regular season. I know the Wizards, um, I think they scored, what, 30-plus points in that first quarter. Kind of let their foot off the gas, let them back in the game. There was an opportunity for the Pacers to tie the game on a Tyrese Halliburton three-point shot, but he missed it. But uh, fortunate enough for the Wizards, if you've been on the Wizards, they were able to secure that victory over the Pacers. So, yeah. Um, Definitely, I think over the first couple of weeks, or at least the first two weeks, we'll be gathering data points and, and discussing what kind of stuck out to us and teams of bet on or teams of fade uh, as the season kind of progresses here. Uh, anything else you guys want to discuss before we get into the two games on uh, Thursday here tonight? 
No, no, let's go. All right. All right. Before we get into the uh, two games tonight, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're looking to join the WinBet Biggest Winners Club, whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week's winner of the Biggest Winners Club was a New York better who hit a plus 150 to 1 parlay on all live money lines wagering $110.40 to win $16,743.56. WinBet truly is hashtag DGENs only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is go over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we that so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. All right, guys, the first game on the board here tonight, it's going to be the uh, Milwaukee Bucks headed to Philadelphia to take on the Sixers. Currently, the line over on WinBet, I am seeing the Bucks are the line just changed. The Sixers are now a four and a half point home favorite. Uh, currently seeing the total at two twenty three and a half money line plus one fifty five on the money line for the Milwaukee Bucks and minus one eighty five for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Pat Covington out for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. He's going to be out at least a couple weeks from what I read. He has a right calf strain. Uh, Joe Ingles, we know, is recovering from the ACL injury last season. And Chris Middleton is also going to miss the first couple of weeks as he recovers from wrist surgery. Um, pretty clean for the Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Not a lot going there. Uh, Sixers coming off the opening night loss to the Boston Celtics, 126-117. Um, you know, we talked about this on the prop cast a little bit. I'm sure you guys covered it as well, but you know, once the Boston Celtics just got out to a double digit lead, just looks like the Sixers kind of just gave up and it's kind of reminiscent of what we saw last season from this, uh, Philadelphia 76ers team, but the bucks come into town home opener for the Philadelphia 76ers here. Scott, let me start with you on this game. Uh, the Sixers currently a four and a half point home favorite against the Milwaukee bucks. So, of course, I'm tempted to potentially take the Bucks getting plus money here. However, when I'm looking at the overall rosters, I think Philly has the much deeper roster, and it's really not even close. I know Terrell and I roasted the Bucks for their bench for the majority of last season, and now Middleton's out for this game. Philly, yes, they did not look great against Boston. Boston also shot the lights out. Tatum was phenomenal. Brown was good. Uh, I thought the whole team looked really good, and Philly just eventually ran out of gas in the second half. Now you're at home. You know the crowd's going to be into it. It's the first home game of the season. And I do want to ask both of you, do you think there's an advantage for already playing a game? I think so, especially the way that they came off of that loss against the uh, Boston Celtics. Now you're going up against one of the other better teams. I think we could arguably – a top two team in the East when all healthy, maybe the best team in the East when they're all healthy. Um, so I think for the Sixers is that this is a big, these first two games were big for them, right? We saw what Boston was able to do for the, against them. Now you have the bucks coming in shorthanded into their building. I think this is a game where the Sixers, they have to get up, right? You don't want to drop your first two games against the upper echelon of the Eastern conference. 
Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. Yes, I know they could have played better against Boston. It was a very competitive game for about two and a half quarters, and the game kind of went off the rails. It was still in TD Garden. You had the Bill Russell tribute before the game. You know, the emotions were high for Boston sure. and their fans. So I do think even though they lost that game, I can understand why it didn't exactly work out and Tatum went absolutely berserk. But I think that with Middleton being out, we've seen Holiday be very streaky at times. We know Giannis is Giannis. I'm sure he'll have a massive stat line in this game. But I'm just looking at the overall supporting cast here for Milwaukee, and I really just don't like it that much. You have Grayson Allen playing a decent amount of minutes now. Wesley Matthews is potentially going to be starting. Uh, Brooke Lopez, I think, is fine. But you're still looking at Philly's starting lineup. It's still a very good lineup. Harden looked really good in the first game. That's the positives. Embiid should have a decent performance here against either Giannis or Lopez. And you're looking at really just one of the most underrated players in the league in Maxi, who could actually have a very good game here as well. Yeah. And Philly's bench is not awful. I think the bench is actually decent. I think Milwaukee's bench is pretty bad. I'm not exactly happy with the way that the lines move because I kind of wish I can get this at a flat four, but I am going to take Philly. I think that even though Giannis might try to carry the team single-handedly, Anytime he comes out of the game, especially in the first game of the season, they're not going to play him 40-something minutes in the first game of the season. Right. I think the bench unit might get torched in this game. So give me Philly at home. It's a very nice bounce-back spot in a game that I don't want to say they need to have because it's the second game of the season. But at least for a litmus test, you lost to Boston. At least beat Milwaukee shorthanded. Just yeah. show up for the game and, you know, you can ring the bell and try to win it. Give me Philly. I think they'll end up winning this game by about 10. It'll be close, but I think eventually Milwaukee's going to run out of gas. Terrell? Uh, yeah, give me Philly as well. I think it's more of the fact that Milwaukee still has some things to figure out. This is a new team, and it's a new rotation, and you're without Chris Middleton now. And, you know, you didn't have the luxury of – I think there's one game – Maybe where they played with all the starters that's going to be starting in this game. But other than that, they didn't really use the preseason as a way to kind of not only get their legs underneath their players, but figure out what rotations are going to be. They only had one game where they were playing everybody that's probably going to be starting in this game. And that was one of the Abu Dhabi games against the Hawks. And so, yeah, yeah I think that this is. It feels it feels good to see a, f a flat four, four and a half. It opened up at three and a half. I think yeah. this is a solid spot backing a home team on opening night where you're playing who we expect to be one of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference after losing to what could very well be another top three team in the Eastern Conference. So I think this is a, another get up spot for the Philadelphia 76ers. Harden looked really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Maxi looked really good. Embiid looked good. And the question is the bench and the depth because that bench was four for 13 in that game. And you can't do that against this team. You got to get some more bench production. Only question I have for the Bucks is I don't know how much bench production they're going to get either because I think that Chris Middleton hurt their depth a lot. So it's going to be interesting to see what the bench is doing this game. I'm going to go ahead and take Philly. Yeah, I think you were kind of. As we're kind of talking through it here, I, I like the Philly side as well because we kind of just look at the matchups. Uh, if if Drew Holiday is going to be on uh, James Harden or vice versa, if he's on Maxi, that's going to open up the opportunity for James Harden to either have a big game or Tyrese Maxi to have a big game because other the backcourts aren't close. 
Yeah, and and it, I, I think the matchups right there are is going to favor obviously the Philadelphia 76ers here. And you guys mentioned it about the bench depth here. Um, trying to quickly put it up, you have Bobby Portis, George Hill, and Javon Carter, and probably Wes Matthews coming off that. Bobby bench. Portis is probably going to be in that starting lineup too, so it's yeah. even thinner than that. Yeah, so it's going to be what George Hill, Carter, and Wes Matthews, maybe Thanasis Antetokounmpo, Serge. A lot Ibaka. of defense, not much scoring. Yeah. So I agree with you guys. I think with uh, Philly is a play here. Definitely shop around for this number here. Um, there are some fours out there, but currently over on WinBet, it is at four and a half. Uh, let's get over to the total in this game, guys. Currently seeing it at 223 and a half. Uh, Terrell, thoughts on the total here? Yeah, I'm going to just take over. I'm, I'm going to just okay. take over. With the take foul and how that's adding to the score, we've seen it a couple times. I think it was in the Wizards game. It was either in the Wizards game or the Detroit game. I was watching both at the same time. Mm-hmm. We had the first, you know, penalty because somebody took a take foul and they got one shot in the ball. And if they didn't take that take foul, what was it going to be? It was going to be an easy layup. So I think that that's going to add to scoring overall. I kind of like overs a little bit this year anyway. So between these two, I'm, I'm just going to say it goes over, but we really need more data. Yeah, I'll say this. Over the last five meetings uh, between these two squads, over is four and one. Uh, and then over the over is six and one in their last seven meetings in Philadelphia. So some trends there that are are pointing towards the over in this game. And again, what you mentioned, the take foul and and you know, giving the penalty, the free throw, and the ball back. Uh Scott, same question. Thoughts on the total here at two twenty-three and a half? For this one, I think it's a bit tricky because the trends all point to the over, but there has been money on the under. Wine went from around 225 to 223 and a half. And Middleton was known to be out for this game. So it wasn't like it was some last second injury news that caused the line to shift. I am kind of curious if Philly actually plays fast or if that was solely Boston who wanted to play faster. It seemed like Boston dictated the pace a lot. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of wondering if Philly is going to want to go up tempo if they don't need to. It kind of remains to be seen. I think I'm going to lean to the under. I'm going to trust the line movement here because even though there are a bunch of trends that support the over, Middleton's still going to be out. We don't really like either bench for right. the for the for the teams. I just think Philly's bench is slightly better, but I don't like the bench. Middleton's out, and there has been money on the under. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to lean to the under. I think if the one over I may play in this game is probably going to be the Philadelphia 76ers team total to go yeah. over uh, in this game because again. It, we saw in what they put up 117, but that was a faster paced game mm-hmm. uh, with Boston just pushing the tempo. And then Boston, uh, that is really wanted it to be a fast paced game. I'm yeah. not sure if Philly wanted it or they just partook. Yeah, it was a 24 to 2 advantage on fast break points uh, for uh, Boston Celtics in game one against Philly. So I think that's one way I would look at it. It's probably team total for the Sixers to go over in this game. Um, let's get over to some player props in this game. Uh, Scott, I know you and I were discussing. Uh, about Giannis last night. Well, we uh, talked. But, I don't know if it was much of a discussion. It was kind of a brief little agreement. <laughs> yeah. But yes. Um, yeah. So I, I'll start it here. I took Giannis's over uh, 11 and a half rebounds last night. It was at around minus 105, but I see it now up to minus 140s uh, on that prop. And, you know, a lot of it is you kind of just look at just the dominating numbers that, especially in the rebounding category, that Giannis has had against the Sixers team. And I think they just kind of lack that size and speed to kind of stay in front of Giannis as well. Uh, but since the 2017-2018 season, Giannis is averaging around 14.7 rebounds per game against the Philadelphia 76ers. But um, 
so more recent data, Gian- Giannis has recorded 12 or more rebounds in 12 of the last 15 games against the Sixers. And just last season, Giannis averaged around 13.7 rebounds against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, so he went over in two out of the three games last season of uh, 12 or more rebounds. So and we saw it, you know, in game one, Jason Tatum had, what, 12 rebounds. I know, Scott, you hit that double-double at a nice plus price. Uh, I think Giannis can get into the realm of 14, 15, 16 rebounds here tonight. So that was one of the player props that I did like for this game. Giannis over 11 and a half boards. Yeah, uh, Scott, I, yeah, I, I, I like that. that as well, of course, because Giannis is going to have to play a decent amount of minutes. And we know that he's definitely a phenomenal rebounder and a, just an overall great athlete. So I like that one, too. I was looking uh, potentially at Maxi over 18 and a half points. Yeah. He had 21 in the season opener. I thought he looked sharp. And you're looking at the backcourt. Holiday might be matched up on Harden. Then again, with so many pick and rolls, I'm not sure if it matters who's supposed to be guarding who anyway. But Maxi's probably going to have Grayson Allen or Wesley yeah. Matthews on him for a decent portion of the game. Uh, in the words of Shaq, that's barbecue chicken. I'll take uh, Maxi to have 20 plus points, basically. Terrell, any player props you're looking at? Yeah, I like Drew Holiday today. I'm on Drew Holiday's assist over six and a half. And he's hit this number in five of the last seven without Chris Middleton. And it's because he's the primary ball handler. It's going to be him and Giannis and them kind of running that offense. Drew Holiday's been that guy that kind of be a floor general and get everybody going and where they need to be at. And I expect that on the road, first game of the season, they're going to try to go ahead and make this interesting for a little bit. So, yeah, give me Drew Holiday over six and a half assists. I like his points prop as well. Yeah, I was going to mention that as well. I like his points prop uh, as well, over 18 and a half. Um, Obviously, no Chris Middleton. You're going to have to provide some type of support to Giannis uh, scoring the basketball. And I think we're talking about this offline here, but uh, Drew Holiday in the absence of um, Chris uh, Chris Middleton has been putting up the points, especially against the Sixers team as well. So um, maybe if your book offers it, points and assists combined for um, a Drew Holiday, or if you want to play them separately, uh, assists to go over six and a half or his points to go over 18 and a half. Uh, any other thoughts for this game, gentlemen, before we get over to the Battle of L.A.? Not no. really. No, let's all go. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, before we get over to that game, let me tell you guys about No House Advantage. Uh, no House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick-up contests versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day you can also test your skills versus a house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks bet on up to five player props over under or individual player matchups across every major sports leagues including the nfl nba mlb pga mma and nascar sign up now with promo code sgpn at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Ross, we're brought to you by Babbel. Babbel is one of those apps where, you know, we didn't pay attention to high school about or learning a foreign language. It was just one of those classes we took to kind of check it off of our list and get those credits to graduate. And maybe now you're regretting not paying attention to those classes. And if you're like me, there's a foreign language that you regret not learning in school. And it's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel is a language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. 
thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can finally cross learning that new language off your list. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel's lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching methods has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. And there's so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. So right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash SGP. That's babbel.com slash SGP for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. All right, guys, let's get over to the second game of the night. It's going to be the... Uh, sorry, oh, shout out to the chat real quick. Oh, Jake yeah. Paquin. Jake Paquin in the chat. JBZ, you're right on time. We finna get into that handicap right now. Yeah, welcome to the chat, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun doing these shows live. So uh, usually we'll try to go every day around the same time. But again, this will be a good time for you to follow the Twitter account at SGP and NBA and also our YouTube uh, channel and uh, uh, NBA Gambling Podcast. Yeah, Battle of LA, second game of the doubleheader tonight, guys. Only two games on the schedule. So uh, let's start it off with the lines here for this game. Early over on win bet, I'm seeing the Los Angeles Lakers, quote unquote, the road team, uh, minus five and a half. Total is sitting at 225 and a half in this game. Money line. I, I think minus, you meant the Clippers. The Clippers oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? You said the Lakers. I'm sorry. Yeah, road team Clippers. Uh, they are the road favorite. And if you see, I'm using quotes here, yeah. minus five and a half, uh, total 225 and a half. Money line for the Clippers, minus 230. Uh, and then on the take back on the money line for the Lakers is plus 185. Let's take a look at the injury report for both of these teams. Uh, pretty clean for the Los Angeles Clippers. Only probable tag is Reggie Jackson, who is going to be in that starting lineup with uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, he was dealing with a right, uh, right groin soreness, but he should be a go. Los Angeles Lakers injury report. We know about Thomas Bryant. He's uh, recovering from, I believe, the thumb injury. Uh, and then Anthony Davis and LeBron James are probable. They're probably going to be on the injury report every single day uh, for the for the season. And then uh, Dennis Schroeder is also out for this game as he also is dealing with a uh, thumb injury. He's going to be out for a couple weeks here. Um, Battle of L.A., guys. Lakers, we saw them uh, take the L in their opening game against the defending world champions, the Golden State Warriors. They lost that game 123-109. Saw some of the comments from LeBron James after the game that said, hey, we just don't have the laser shooters on this roster. Pew, pew, pew. Can you throw your team under the bus one game into the season? I think if your name is LeBron James, you probably just can. Just saying. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. That's like speed running, throwing other people under the bus. I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen that after a game. Have you? Uh, not this early in the season, not this early in the season, but, uh, he's not wrong, but I don't know if you can say that publicly after your one game into 82. I think that's a little bit, you know, that's a little bit quick. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's LeBron, I guess. I don't know the media or or people give him a free pass, but, uh, Terrell, 
Clippers, Lakers, man, five and a half point favorites here for the Clippers. What are you thinking about this game? I mean, again, I said it last time, and I don't know how I'm doing it, but I just don't understand how you can take the Lakers, especially in this rivalry. Well, quote unquote rivalry, because the Clippers have dominated. Clippers have won every game, won absolutely every single game. So, uh, I mean, the only way that you can take the Lakers is if you're trying to be contrarian to the public because the public's all over the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, ultimately, that's my handicap. That's my sole handicap. I can't sit here and tell you that the Lakers are a better team. I can't sit here and tell you that the Lakers look good. They did it. But if there's one thing that I know about, I know about is pride. And it's pride. And the fact that you've lost to this team, how many times you've lost to them, and every single time, it doesn't matter. You're going to continue keep losing. And then you just had that showing against the Warriors on Tuesday. This is the this is the time to get up. This is the time to get up. This is the time. LeBron just called out everybody else in the locker room and said, hey, y'all can't shoot. Like, y'all suck. Y'all can't <laughs> shoot, bro. And it's true because the only people that had a good game last time was Braun, Russ, and AD. Yeah. And I know everybody's talking shit about Russ. Russ had a good game. Mm-hmm. He had a very good game last time. And But they just couldn't get any production from anywhere else. And I think that's where we kind of knew this team to be at. So, I mean, I'm a bank on Braun and AD having another good game. Russ could add something there. But they're going to need people like Austin Reeves. They're going to need Kendrick Nunn to go drop 13 again. He had a good game. Yeah. They need Kendrick Nunn to have, drop, have 13 again. They need Austin Reeves to be able to do something. They need Lonnie Walker to do something, especially in that starting lineup and being the probably the only person on the team that can shoot. So yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm i sitting here and doing Lakers because I just didn't want to be on both favorites. And it's supposed to be a sports equinox day where everybody – all four major sports are pl- have games going on, so it just feels like I need to fade the public on this day of all days. So I'm going to take the Lakers plus five and a half. I absolutely hate it. I think it's disgusting. And if it wins, I'll be surprised. Yeah, look, Clippers, in their last uh, over the last uh, t- 11 meetings against the Lakers, they're 10-1 against the spread in those games. And then overall, if you want to go – the last 52 meetings historically clippers 35 and 17 against the spread against the lakers so zig when they zag you got to zig when they zag and everybody is zigging for good reason because this laker team has been really bad and then it's the clippers which makes them they're really really worse against them it also goes back to the point what scott said about that does do the lakers have you have an advantage playing one game already into the season and you have two of your 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 two best players for the clippers coming off significant injuries and is it going to take time for those guys to get caught up to game speed and kind of get their win under them in real game time play i think is that an advantage for the lakers here maybe do you look at the lakers early maybe first half yeah and but the only issue with that and i keep trying to talk myself off of lakers but it's just it's just i can't back 95 percent of money 95 percent you're, of money you're, is you're a villain right I, knew, I knew you're gonna take yeah i can't we even talked about the game i can't back 95 percent of money with the public i'm sorry i cannot back the yeah. public when they're betting 95 percent of money but yeah I, I mean this this they've lost to worse clippers teams than this like so you know that's what i'm hoping for that Kawhi and paul george just are not game shape especially john wall just not looking in yeah. game shape it's going to take a minute some rest this is actually a really good spot for the lakers and if this team was called anybody but the lakers i probably would have felt a really good backing them here but because it's the lakers i don't like it scott 
So I was looking at the preseason numbers, and I saw that Kawhi and Paul George really did not play that much. They played some, but they also had some off time in between. So Russ could be a bit of a concern. So I I do acknowledge that. Having said that, I'm still going to take the Clippers because I really wanted to make a case, and I guess the only argument I have is that the Lakers starting lineup with LeBron and AD, one of them could dominate, both of them could dominate. I think the starting lineups are going to be relatively comparable for the sake of this game. The problem is the bench, because I think the Clippers have the best bench in the league or top two with maybe Golden State. Mm-hmm. I think the Lakers and this current unit has the worst bench in the entire league, and I don't think it's really close. They brought in Schroeder to be a bench guy. He's injured. They brought in Thomas Bryant. He's injured. Just to read off the benches, so let me just hit you with this comparison real quick. So you have John Wall, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, Nick Batum, either Covington or Morris, I'm not sure who's going to start, and you have Terrence Mann. The Lakers have Ryan, Gabriel, Toscano Anderson, Reeves, and none. This is the Lakers bench all day. I'm just saying. It's not good. <laughs> hey, it's not hey, good. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan coming over from the Colts to this Lakers team. And, I wanted you know, the interception prop for the opener. They didn't give it to me. Yeah, I was but, trying to find it, too. And it's normally out there. So, yeah. you know, maybe Usually, we can yeah. get them. Maybe we can get them for like, you know, three and a half points or something like that on Sunday. He was terrible, <laughs> by the way, in the opener. I think he went like one for four. He had a foot out of bounds. Like Matt Ryan did not look good as, as a basketball player, too. But he's, he's running out of sports. Just the name. No. He's got to change his name. He's got to yeah, change I'm, his name. I'm just looking at the benches and just to sum up how deep the Clippers are and how good this bench is, you can make a serious case that Wall, Powell, Batum, Morris, and Mann would be starting on the Lakers. I think they're all better than Lonnie Walker. I think they're all better. I think Wall's potentially better than Beverly. Beverly was awful in the opener. Yeah. That backcourt with him and Russ is not going to work. The Lakers went 10 for 40 from three. The Clippers were a top six defensive team against the three last year. I just think the starters are going to end up being relatively similar in terms of production in this game, and the benches are going to come in. We saw Golden State's bench absolutely dominate in game one. I see a really similar script here, and since it's the second game of the season, I'm not expecting LeBron and AD or AD to play 40 minutes in the second game of the season. I don't see that happening. I think that when the bench comes in, you're going to see the Clippers really quickly dominate, and you might see a quick, you know, it's a good plus-minus day for LeBron fans because his plus-minus might be high while the rest of the team is going to be terrible. But I can't look past the bench. I think the Clippers bench is so much better, and that's really going to be the equalizer for me. I'm also not sure if Ham can coach. I know for a fact that Ty Lue can coach, and they have a lot of bodies they can throw at LeBron. So I'm going to go with the Clippers here. I get the fact that the public's going to be on it. I think it probably closes at six. But you mentioned the spread with the Clippers and how they're 35 and 17 in the last 52. To go through the head-to-head, the Clippers are 38 or they're 32 and eight straight up in the last 40 meetings. So roughly in the last 10 years, the Clippers have won 32 of the 40 meetings. I'm going to take the Clippers. It's a good spot for the Lakers. It's a good get-up spot. That hasn't mattered for the last 10 years. The Clippers own this head-to-head. Give me the Clippers. Yeah, I'm going to take the uh, Lakers in the first half. Um, you know, I'll I think we first talk- quarter. Yeah. I don't um, want any of the bench. I think that one thing that we talked about when we're previewing the divisions and then talking about these teams <clears throat> is that 
we were point or I, I mentioned this, I think you guys agree with this as well, is that Ty Lewis is probably one of the better coaches in the NBA, if not the best, at making halftime adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that this might be one of those games where I think the Lakers come out and play well that at least maybe at first quarter, you're right, Scott. But uh, with the first half at plus three for the Lakers, I think I like that angle better um, for, for this game for, where I'm putting my money at. And I think like what you guys mentioned is that the rust for Kawhi and and Paul George and John Wall and, and those guys that – and Norman Powell even, the guys that missed significant amount of time last season, if not all the season last year, that it might take a little bit of time for them to get up to game speed and – you know, when we talk about LeBron, AD, and those guys already having one game under their belt, and also in the back of their minds, they know that the Clippers have owned this series. We, we laid out the numbers on the pod right now. Uh, I think they come out and, you know, motivated. And what LeBron said after the game, now we'll find out if that lit a fire under these guys or is it creating a maybe a separation in the locker room or already uh, one game into the season. So I'm going to go Lakers uh, first half here plus the three. Uh, Scott, you made a lot of great points about that bench as well. I mean, it's just a night and day difference between the Clips, uh, Clippers and the Lakers benches there. Um, let's move over to the total in this game, guys. Currently seeing it at 223.5 uh, over on – I'm sorry, 225.5 uh, over on win bet. Um, Scott, let me start with you on the total here. Any thoughts on that? So money's poured in on the over. I think it opened up at like 220, and now it's at 225.5. I blindly liked the over in the Utah game last night because there were about seven points of line movement, and I figured it was pretty random. This one I really don't understand. And I know Golden State absolutely torched this team defensively, and I get that they had 70 points combined in the fourth quarter, and you had a very low-scoring first quarter, and the game kind of picked up after that. But I just have so many questions about the offenses for both teams in this game. We talked about the Russ concerns with Kwai and with... Paul George, and even some of the bench guys. The Lakers don't have a bench, and you're looking at Westbrook having a good game in game one. I'm not sure I'll have another one. AD was ridiculous for about a 10-minute stretch there in the first half where he was just doing whatever he wanted, both offensively and defensively. And then in the second half, he kind of vanished for a bit. And LeBron was awful in the first half, and then he did a great job stat padding in the second half to finish with, what do you have, like 31-14 and like eight or something? 31, 15, 8. I didn't think he looked really good for for the first half, and then he kind of picked it up once the game was a little bit out of reach. But I'm going to go with the under because the Clippers are a really good defensive team, and the Warriors, we know, want to get out and run. It's what they kind of excel in. Off injury, I don't exactly expect Kawhi and Paul George to be going nine seconds or less. I think you're going to see a lower-scoring game because of the pace and the fact the Clippers defensively are really, really good. And I think if the Lakers once again cannot shoot, which is definitely a possibility here where they could shoot another 25% from three, I'm going to go with the under. I feel like if you wanted the over, the ship has kind of sailed here. But I'm going to lean under because I really think this game is going to be played a lot slower than the Golden State game. And it seemed like the Lakers really picked up the pace once they were down 27. Mm. I'm going to go with the under. I think this game ends up turning into a bit more of a slugfest between two teams that actively hate each other. Terrell, thoughts on the total here, 225 and a half? Yeah, no, I'll take the under as well. I don't trust either. Well, I'm not either bench, but I definitely don't trust the Lakers bench. And it's first game of the season. Could be some jitters. Like, if I think the Lakers win, I think that it's an under game because I think that there wasn't much production in the Clippers bench, and then the Lakers starters just played better than the Clippers starters. So 
I'm going to lean under. I think that we're looking for more of a wire-to-wire somewhere in the 90-90 score. Yeah, I, I agree about the under in this game as well. Um, even that first game against the Warriors, that game was trending towards the under until they scored like 40 points, 40 plus points in that final six minutes. But yeah, I think uh, the point, right, the guys, the point that you guys made about the pace in this game, right? Like we don't expect the Clippers to play at a very high pace. Same thing with the Lakers. I think it's going to be more half court offense and in a not really pushing the pace so at 225 and a half right now i agree about the under this game as well um let's get over to some player props if any you do uh you guys do like in this game uh scott let me start with you player props anything that you may be looking at for this clippers and lakers game so the only concern i have is potential blowout because i want to take some overs but i'm not sure if it might get a little bit lopsided there Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go with lebron because he might be lopsided proof because he put up a lot of numbers when his team was down 20-plus points in the third quarter. I like LeBron. I know it's 29-and-a-half, but it feels like LeBron's kind of just trying to beat Kareem's record as soon as possible. Sure. I don't maybe mind the over there. I like double-double. I saw a double-double at around plus 115. The rebounds were great for LeBron. I know the rebounds were about 8-and-a-half. I'm not sure what the Lakers' lineup's going to be because there are some rumors that with actual centers for the opposition, they might use Damian, uh, Damian Jones in the starting lineup, and they might try to go a little bit bigger because AD at center, he's not really been a fan of in the past. Mm. So I'm not sure, but LeBron had, what, 14 rebounds in the opener? He looked really good on the glass, and that was one of the takeaways I had in game one. AD, as good as he was, he played a bunch of minutes, and he had six rebounds. Yeah. He's just never been a great rebounder for his size pretty much ever since he left the Pelicans. I, I don't think he's a great rebounding big man, and LeBron has really embraced putting up some huge stat lines on the glass. I like LeBron rebounds here. I think he could easily walk into another 10. I don't think he's going to walk into 14, but 8.5 at like minus 125, and that's a pretty good price. I don't mind that, and double-double at plus 115. I think LeBron, the assist might be difficult because I'm not sure how good the supporting cast is, yeah. but we know LeBron's capable mm-hmm. of putting up massive lines, especially against the Clippers, and since he played so many minutes when his team was down 20-plus points, I thought they were going to pull him and never bring him back into the game for the fourth. Yeah. And he was still chucking up shots the entire fourth quarter. Give me LeBron's stats basically going over, because if the Lakers want any shot, they need LeBron and Indy to carry pretty hard. Yeah, LeBron, 35 minutes in that uh, game against the Warriors, 31 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists as well, along he with 5. 35 minutes, and they were getting buried for the entire second half. Yeah, five turnovers in that game as well. Uh, like you mentioned, Anthony Davis, 36 minutes. He led the team in a, a score, sorry, a minutes played by one minute over LeBron. He finished up with 27 points on only 10 of 22 shooting in that game. Only six, six rebounds. Six rebounds, though? Yeah. Six in 36 minutes? That's that's yeah. not good. Maybe something to do with the Russell Westbrook also having 11. Because um, was, was starting center. Come on, you got to get yeah. some rebounds. Like, I was watching that game early for the Lakers and the Warriors, and there was a lot of like opportunities where Davis could like, grab those boards, but here mm-hmm. comes Russell Westbrook just hanging around under the basket and just grabbing those rebounds. Um, so, yeah, Westbrook finished up with 11 in that game, along with 19 points. Um, Terrell, any player props we're looking at in this game? What do you got? Yeah, let me go ahead and say I'll take Anthony Davis over 24 and a half points. Yeah, he's gotten over this number in four of the last six games against the Clippers. And when we think about, you know, he ducks the center smoke. Like we all know he ducks the center yeah. smoke. He is not about that center smoke, but he has a mismatch. Like they are not quick enough to stay with them, especially when he gets moving in the post. The only issue for Anthony Davis is when he tries to become jump shooter Anthony Davis, he's a little bit less efficient, but 
We saw that in the beginning of the game. And then during that stretch that Scott was talking about and for the rest of the game, he kind of started going, trying to get to the rim more attack and kind of get to his spot. So, yeah, give me Anthony Davis. I think he's figured it out and he's going, you know, he's due for a really, really big game. So over 24 and a half for Anthony Davis. I like it. Yeah, that was uh, I like that one as well with you, Terrell. Um, He's had even go back further. He's scored 24 or more against the Clippers in six out of the last eight games. But in one of those two games that he didn't, I think he left with an injury in one of those games because he only played nine minutes um, in one of those games. And exactly what you said, the handicap there that I think the Clippers are going to struggle to defend him just because he's so versatile and he can score from different parts of the perimeter at least. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's just a big mismatch. I don't think uh, Zubac can stay with him, uh, especially on the perimeter. So I expect him to you know, get into, you know, 25, 26, 27 points like he did have in the opener against the Golden State Warriors. Um, anything else for this game, guys? Uh, if you want a fun prop, I don't yeah. think it's out yet. I don't see it. If anybody sees it, let me know. But let's do something DJ-like with Patrick Beverly. Okay. I mean, he, he hates this Clippers team. He still has a bad taste in their mouth from how he ended up leaving that team. And, you know, I, I just – he's in a Lakers uniform. This is a chance – I could just see the end of the game being crazy, and it's like, yeah, we was whooping the Lakers' ass when I was on the Clippers, but now I'm on the, on the Lakers, and we whooped Clippers' ass. Like, blah, blah, blah. I could see something like that. So let's do something fun with Patrick Beverly later. I'll probably drop that into the Discord. If you want over one and a half three-pointers. That's exactly what I was looking at. It's plus 155, because even though Beverly couldn't hit a shot to save his life in the first game of the season, he He still attempted five threes. You know, the volume's there. Hey, he said, I don't care. I'm going to fire off a couple of them. I don't care. LeBron called out his teammates for, you know, not exactly shooting well. Uh, The starting lineup involves Beverly, so he was indirectly calling out Beverly because he went one for five from three. If he's going to be open, he's going to take some shots. We know Beverly, if... Despite his flaws as a player, he will never lack confidence ever, never. even though he probably should stop shooting, but he's going to keep shooting. So if you want to go for threes at plus 155, as long as the volume is there, then I think that it's worth a shot there at plus 155. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at that. And then also, if you want to take a look at his steals over one and a half, he's at plus 170. He had four in the first game against the Warriors. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Look at that. We're yeah. We're doing we're doing Patrick Beverly bets today on the NBA Gambling Podcast. Where where else do you get this? Where where else do you get somebody telling you to bet Patrick Beverly? Yeah. So I I, I think I'm gonna get on both of those guys, especially at that that plus prices uh, for those games. All right. Before we get into our lock and dog segment for this episode for this Thursday night games, uh, let me tell you guys about Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone Plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices. Never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from Sportsbook to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity. 
So to take advantage of this, all you got to do is go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one side for all your game day bets. All right, guys, let's get into our lock-in dog for this um, Thursday night schedule. Before I get yelled at again, I will lead it off here. Um, Mm -hmm. For my lock, I'm going to go – let's go with the Sixers, minus four, minus four and a half. Uh, Currently over on win bet, it is minus four and a half. Um, You know, we talked about, I think, just a pure team right now with the injuries that the Bucs are dealing with. Um, they're shorthanded, right? And we talked about how we don't like their bench when you're missing guys like Chris Middleton and Pat Covington who have been pivotal to your success. I think that that's going to catch up to this in this game against the Sixers. I think it's a it's it's a big mismatch for them defensively as well when you have to defend uh, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and James Harden all at the same time. And look, the bench isn't too bad either for the Sixers team. We talked about the Sixers Second game of the season, you're going up against one of the best teams in the uh, Eastern Conference where these are teams that you need to beat, especially for seeding. So I think they come out and play and play well on their home floor. So I'm going to lay the chalk here. Sixers minus four and a half uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. For my dog, I'm going to take uh, Patrick Beverly. We just talked about it. I'm going to go with the steals. Give me over one and a half steals for uh, Patrick Beverly tonight. Uh, at plus 170. Scott, you laid it out how he has this, I guess, vendetta against the Clippers. He played against them or played with them previously. That was um, all Terrell. I didn't say anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Terrell. I was going to uh, let him give it to Scott. It's cool. I was going to let Both him of you guys. I, I, I didn't say anything. Team so, effort yeah, that, that's all Terrell. Uh, my fault. Terrell um, brought that up. And I think that's a great point. So I think that's great that we pointed out those uh, player props as well uh, for Patrick Beverly. So I'm going to take Patrick Beverly. Over one and a half steals, plus 170 as my dog for the matchups tonight. Uh, Terrell, why don't you uh, give us your lock-in dog? Okay, for my lock. Uh, yeah, let's let's go with Sixers first half. Let's just go with Sixers first half. Let's get it out of the way early, in and out with the money. I don't really trust Doc Rivers way too, too much. And home opener just got, you know, kind of embarrassed by the Celtics. I think they come out aggressive and get a lead early. So let me get the Sixers first half. And for my dog, uh, you took the steal. Nah, I'm going I'm to still go with steals. Yeah, give me Patrick Beverly over one and a half steals plus 190. All right. So lock for Terrell, Sixers first half. And uh, double dog here with the uh, Patrick Beverly uh, steals prop over one and a half steals at plus 170. Uh, Scott, why don't you close out strong, my man? So I'm going to double lock the 76ers first half as my lock. Uh, I saw minus two at minus 105, just shopping around. It's a really good spot for Philly to come out as an annoyed team and just absolutely dominate for the first 24 minutes. Even mm-hmm. though Boston dominated the game by the final score, it was tied at the half. Yeah. And then everything kind of went off the rails in the third quarter. Harden started going iso ball again, and the whole team got blown out in the final couple minutes of the third. But I think it's a good spot for Philly to come out and smack a team. They already played, and Milwaukee missing its second-best player, arguably third-best player, could have that discussion between Middleton and Holiday. I think Milwaukee comes out flat early on trying to work out some new rotation stuff, and you're going to be giving minutes to guys you m- might not want to give minutes to. 
early in the season. You might see a Baca play for a bit, for example. I don't think he should ever be playing. <laughs> but I think you understand my point. We saw a lot of really weird rotations in the yeah. first game for a lot of teams. We saw Blake Griffin play a couple minutes there for the Celtics. He should never be playing. I'll tell you that much. But the point is, I think Milwaukee's going to treat this game like a season opener. They're going to experiment a bit with lineups. They're going to see what works. And I think for a team that lost on the road and has a good shot to get back against a team that they've had a bit of a rivalry with for the last couple of years, I think it's a very good spot for Philly in the first half with the crowd behind them. Give me Philly first half minus two. And for your dog. So I had a couple of choices. I thought about uh, potentially doing the triple dog approach with Beverly Steels, but that's a bit too degen. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I think hey. I'm going to go with LeBron double-double at plus okay. 115. It's another primetime game. You know LeBron puts up a bunch of stats in primetime. The only concern I have is if Damon Jones actually starts and you might have LeBron playing the small forward instead of maybe like a, you know, kind of a power forward spot there. But even if Jones plays, I don't think he's going to play many minutes. We know that Zubak technically starts for the Clippers. They'll branch out of it. They're going to end up using a bunch of random lineups throughout the course of the game. But LeBron in prime time is always going to put up big numbers. He had 14 rebounds in the first game, and they were getting killed. They were down 27, and LeBron still played 35 minutes in the opener while they were getting their asses kicked. I think LeBron at this point, until he breaks Kareem's record, is going to play a bunch of minutes. He'll put up a bunch of stats. And worst case is, he'll call out his teammates, and he'll get his. So give me LeBron to have a big game on the glass, but mostly just to have a big double-double. Plus 115, it's a baby dog, but I do think LeBron, especially against the Clippers, he seems to always try to put his best foot forward. Give me LeBron to have a double-double. Love it. Uh, all right, recap. Uh, Scott's picks, he's taking, you said Sixers first half, right, Scott? Yeah, uh, Terrell and I double-locked yeah. in the Sixers and, first half. And then his dog is going to be LeBron's double-double, plus 115, Terrell's lock. Sixers minus one and a half in the first half and Patrick Beverly over one and a half steals. And then for myself, I'm taking Sixers full game minus four and a half and Patrick Beverly steals over one and a half at plus 170 as well. Gentlemen, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA gambling podcast. Two games on the schedule, um, both on TNT, but we'll be back tomorrow with a full schedule of games. And we'll again, just like we always do, go through every single game, give our picks in our lanes. Uh, but Scott, anything else you want to get for your chest before we get out of here, my man? Not really. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Besides that, I know Terrell and I posted a couple of NFL gambling podcasts. So we had the Thursday night preview. Uh, so check that one out if you want help with your DFS lineups, if you want some props, some outright stuff. We also did the totals episode a couple days ago. So if you want any early action on Sunday, we got you covered with the totals there. Besides that, still doing the tennis podcast. I know that Munaf and I did the prop cast yesterday. So we got more NBA content also on the way there. But, uh, yeah, other than that, though, let's make some money. I know uh, day two wasn't good for me. Let's uh, circle back and let's do all day three. Yeah, for two days have not been good for me either. So hopefully we can turn around here tonight and then into the weekend. Terrell, close it out strong, man. Anything else you want to get off your chest? At reallyreal underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. Make sure. You tap into the college experience live stream Saturday mornings up there. Definitely do that. Been on, been on with the Mothership Pod the past two weeks for the Sunday live stream. And we've done well, giving out a $100 DFS lineup, giving out a lot of DJ bets parlays that have hit. So, hey, might be up there again with a touchdown parlay that actually cashes this week. So, you know, we in it. We in it. Take note, baby. Take note. 
<laughs> there you go. Make sure to check out the college football experience. Uh, oh, and, and shout again. out to the Knicks too, I guess. Shout they put the up Knicks. a hell of an effort last night. Yeah, yeah did. good try. At least uh, tried. Yeah, make sure to get over to the Sports Gambling Podcast website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. A lot of great content and pods happening all across the network, so give everybody a uh, review and rating. If you haven't already done it for the NBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, uh, Tennis Gambling Podcast, all the pods, take a second, leave us a rating and review. really helps grow the show. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, hopefully the same time uh, for the Friday games. Till then, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da-da.